You're listening to the Black Compass Podcast, the show that brings you real talk from women about culture, career, justice, and wellness, all all in the pursuit of Black excellence, with your host, Dynasty Hunt, and Dr. Jess Williams. I'm taking a deep sigh even before we start this, because I'm just like, I know it's Friday. I know that we're about to get into this. And I don't even know. I feel like this needs to be an 18-part. It's going to be an 18-part episode, right? <laughs> no, it, it most is. Like, this is just We're going to change the whole podcast. <laughs> We're going to change the whole podcast. But wait, we just start with our check-in question. So yeah. my check-in question to you, Jess, is what is one word that you have been called in the workplace that just drives you up the wall? That's the check-in question for today. And I've got mine. Ooh. I would say I've been described to be very outspoken. Mm. Jess says what's on her mind. And depending on who says it or how that comes off, it can be positive or it can be negative. And for me, you're right. I am outspoken, very outspoken. I'm going to say what's on my mind. Now, like my mama tell me, you can say what's on your mind, but it's about how it comes out. And sometimes with Jess, you hear the attitude as people call it. They say, oh, you have an attitude. But me, it's me enforcing a boundary for myself not to be walked upon over or spoken over or protection of my idea and my voice. Mm, Yeah, outspoken definitely resonates with me. The word I was thinking about for myself is radical. Like, you have these radical ideas, you have these radical thoughts, you're thinking about this in such a radical way. And I find it's interesting, I find myself getting resentful over that word, because I think what is being described as radical should actually be normal, should actually be normalized in the workplace. And I think so many times as Black women, when we have a different idea that's different than the norm, that challenges the status quo, that challenges the structural system, that we are then radical, we are different, we are shaking the trees, we're turning over tables, and maybe so. But I'm like, maybe instead of me being radical, maybe everyone else should get normal. Maybe maybe they maybe they should get normal. Maybe they should be normal. Maybe we should all just be normal. But I think also the other piece is thinking about radical ideas is that your life experience, quote unquote, is not the norm. You know what I mean? Coming from their point of view, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're taking in your own lived experiences and your cultural point of view, and you're bringing all that and integrating it into the workplace, and you're coming up with your ideas or your thoughts and your beliefs um, of an issue or a project or a particular situation, it's radical. And I feel like that leads to Black women feeling alienated in the workplace because the radical ideas should be normalized and should be welcomed because that is a part of who you are. But instead, it's taken and kind of backfired in your face that leads to alienation and isolation of who you are and who you are becoming professionally in the workplace. 
Mm. Okay, so we're done, y'all. We're going to stop the podcast <laughs> recording right here. Jess just laid it out. I have nothing else to say because it's Friday and I'm already feeling all of these things. But no, you're right. And I think that's why, you know, we're talking about that this week is because it does make you feel alienated. It does make you feel isolated. And all you're trying to do, or at least for me, all I'm trying to do is some days just survive. Like, I'm not trying to change the system. I'm not trying to do anything different. And I shouldn't say that I'm not because every day I really do want to like break it all down and be like, let's just throw this all out the window and start over because y'all don't have it right. But at the same time, there are days where I just want to come to work and just be because I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And I constantly either feel like I have to show up in a different way or if I've already been showing up in a different way and people haven't received that, then I'm being alienated because of that. And if I'm not showing up in the way that they expect, they expect the Black woman to show up in the workplace, then I'm also being alienated and ostracized because then it's like, is everything okay? Do you need something? You seem a little off today. Oh, really? Because, you know, like out of the 365 <laughs> days a year that I'm with y'all, well, maybe it's not 365, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I want one day where I don't have to show up and be the radical person, where I don't have to show up and be labeled as outspoken or aggressive or trying to do too much or do it differently, where I want one of you to show up. Can you take one day? Like, can we have BDO? Like, actually, let me change that acronym. B-W-D-O. Black Woman Day Off. Can we just make that a norm? Like, instead of PTO... <laughs> policy that says black woman day off can we put it on our calendars and can i be like i am taking a bwdo meaning i'm still logged in i'm still doing what i gotta do but in terms of showing up for you and being that voice and letting you ostracize me or alienate me or put these unattainable expectations on me only to then like take my voice away i'm just taking a day off from that so I'm right. just going to go ahead and put that out there because I'm like, forget the PTO. I just need BWDO. Give me some days off. Give me 20. And I need a couple of them. I need it more than um, my sick time. You know, I need more than sick time. BWDO. Or sick of y'all time. Can we just say sick of y'all time? Sick of right. y'all time. No, and it's so true. And, and part of that is the trust factor. You made a good point about that working hard enough or working too hard. And I really feel like it. Like in today's time, it's like, wow, Jazz, why are you working so hard? Why are you overextending yourself for what? When there's people around you that don't care. Like they do not care. They do not show up. They have the biggest voice. Their voice is bigger than my voice. <laughs> and people who know me know how my voice can be. And I'm still working 10 times harder, but getting it done. Mm-hmm. Getting it done. And my running joke with some of my, some of my buddies is this mouthpiece works and it gets the job done. So if somebody else want to bring their mouthpiece over here and speak up and show action with intent, come on, it's enough food at the table. Let's eat. Let's go. But if you're not going to do that, I need you to be quiet. I need you to stop always having something to say. If you're going to say something, be about it. 
don't say anything and don't do anything and then expect me to come be the mouthpiece, be about it and bring the expectations, perform the responsibilities, do the full end to end process because that is affecting with me as a black woman and my expectations of how I wanna be viewed personally and professionally. I don't mm-hmm. want to be considered to be, oh yeah, just have the voice, which is awesome. And she gets it done. And I have all these accolades, but then there's this negative tone associated with it. Mm. You know, it's interesting that you said, say something like there's room for us at the table or them at the table. And I agree with that. I think one, like recognizing that it's not about you making space for me at the table. I should already have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. It's about like, hey, I'm welcoming you to my table. Like, let's just inverse yeah, it. Like- <laughs> my table down and we can do this and you can say something. I think there's something also really there about like what you're saying and is what you're saying in contradiction with who I am and in my beliefs. And are you attacking the system or are you attacking me? And I just shared about this because I am seeing so many individuals who are like, I'm with you, we're allies, I'm an ally in the workplace. But every time I say something, you're against it. Every time I do something, you're against it. Every time I try to speak, you're suppressing me. It's reminding me of the debate with Kamala and how she continued to be oppressed in that debate and how it wasn't just, oh boy, and you wanna say his name on our podcast, but it was Susan. The white woman, the moderator, who was also suppressing and allowing for that treatment to happen. And that reminds me so much of what happens in our workplaces, where I'm like, sometimes you saying something does not need to either attack me, critique me, destroy me, and or center yourself. Because if I see one more post where a Black woman says something about her personal experience and white women get on there and say, at the workplace, I have experienced the exact same thing. Ma'am, no, you have not. Do not discredit that experience as a Black woman because no matter what, yes, you are a woman, but you still are the majority. You still have privileges that we don't have when we come to the workplace. There are stressors on us when we show up every single day that you don't have to think about. You can log in and be like, I got a long to-do list. And I got to worry about like, not only do I have a long to-do list, I got a long emotional support list. I got a long emotional labor list. So I'm coming in with several different lists that you don't get to come in with, that you have the privilege of not coming in with. And to equate it to be the same or to critique that experience or what's happening for me, I'm just like, excuse me, the audacity. Right. And part of that is it's very uncomfortable in particular for white men, women to hear that, well, you have a long list, right? And I have the privilege to leave my list at the door that sometimes I feel like you're trying to align with me to relate with me, but Mm -hmm. it's not working because it's showing something totally different. You know, that's like someone telling me in the workplace, yeah, Jess, I know you're homeschooling your son. You know, I know you're a single mom. You know, I'm a single mom too, but I have a nanny. (laughs) That's not the same. That is far. (laughs) Like, and I don't like to use an example like that, but it's true. And I feel like also at the same time, they want to support us, but it's really hard to identify the allyship. 
And I think that's the biggest issue that I have. Like, I know we have allies, but it's hard to identify. So I'm supposed to work hard to be able to identify who's an ally. I'm not working hard to identify mm-hmm. who's an ally. I already have to work hard enough to work in the workplace, to walk in the streets, to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much. And when you think about the debate and the level of oppression, and, and it's just a lack of respect. Yeah. Put some respect on my name. Yeah. You know, put some respect on this. And to see that Senator Harris is at the rank that she's at, and it's just being done in public's eye, it's like, you all are just too comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just too comfortable with doing what you're doing, and it's, it needs to stop. It's not yeah. okay. It's so interesting when you mentioned the allyship, because I, I think that's really real. And people saying that they are allies. And I'm like, don't just say that you are our ally. Just be an ally. Like, stop. Like, I don't need your post about what you're doing. I don't need a meeting so you can tell me how you called out such and such for a microaggression. Just do the work. Just be. Because that is more authentic to me than you trying to be an ally and then recognizing that you're not or being an ally when it fits for you. Like, Dynasty, I can be an ally for you in this closed space. When we are in a one-to-one meeting, I got your back. But when we get to the broad meeting, a whole company meeting, I'm going to sit, I'm going to take notes, I'm going to call you afterwards to be like, oh my gosh. I just wanted to check in and see how you're feeling because I know such and such said something in that meeting and I'm sure that upset you. And as an ally, I want to reach out to you. You know what I want to say? And what I have said to people, oh, you were in that meeting. Why didn't you say something in that meeting? Uh, Don't call me. Do it in front of the room. B, stop waiting for me to prompt you. Stop being an ally in these secret spaces, in these secret Zoom rooms. When you get in a breakout room and you're like, quietly or sending me an email, your email does nothing for me. It helps me in no way. You know what helps me? When you are in the forefront, when you take something off my emotional labor list without realizing it and just because, just because you are definitely trying to be that ally in the workplace. And not using it as a checkbox, right? Oh my gosh, the checkbox. Did I do it right? (laughs) Do I have the right framework? Can you send me a tool? Yeah. The same one that y'all have given me about how to operate in your work system as a Black woman. And I think part of it is coming from a mental health and wellness perspective. I don't trust you. Mm. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to show up. I'm going to tear it up. And I got whoever back that I know who has mine. But... I don't fully trust you. I don't fully trust the process. All I know is at the end of the day, I walk in with my race as being a Black woman and I leave with my race as a Black woman. Yeah. So when it boils down to it, it's the trust. And there's so much mistrust that I can honestly say my blood boils internally. Because I don't have time to be playing Monopoly with my life and with my internal strengths and and who I am. I know who I am. You can't accept who I am. That trust, (laughs) that trust runs so deep. I mean, just to be honest, you know, we're coming up on the 
election and I look around and I remember those stats, right? You remember those stats of 50% of educated white women or 50% or it wasn't 50% of educated black men, but I do remember the distinct number of educated white women. And I look around and I'm like, these are the women that I work with. These are the women that I have worked with. These are the women that say they are allies. And it's not to say that every white woman I work with is a Trump supporter secretly or whatever right. the case may be. But when it comes to trust, this is why it has to be in your actions. Because yeah. I trusted that we were on the same page in 2016. And I have seen since then that we are not on the same page that I was naive and thought that I could trust and have that trust in white allies. And a lot of those white allies that I surrounded myself with voted for Trump, do the complete opposite, but still they say they are like with me. And like, you can't be with me and for me if your actions are completely against me. And that's in politics, that's in the workplace. And that's in like everything that we do. Like you can't be, you pick and choose. Right. You can't teeter yeah. tot. You can't you yeah. can't play the sides. Like this is a, it's too dangerous emotionally for me and mentally. And just being a human being. Like you have created your own monster and I'm not trying to be in the ring with that monster. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like it's mm-hmm. too dangerous and I love myself too much that I'm at the point where I'm willing to cut off relationship, remove myself from environments. It's not about money, it's about my respect. Yeah. And it's about getting that respect right? and not having to earn it. That's the other thing. Like, well, you know, you start at the workplace, you got to earn respect. No, I don't. Yep. No, I don't. Yep. I should already have it. You should just be trying to get to know me because of who I am. And I think that's one of the big things that resonate for me is really go back to your belief system. You know, kids are really innocent. When you think about kids, they play together, they love on each other, you know, and then as they get older, their environments change, right? The parents start to instill different belief systems and then now they're adults, you know, and life shapes them too. However, be a human being. Yeah, just be a, be a human being. Be a human being who listens, who doesn't try to equate the experience is the same who just listens who hears it who doesn't attempt to understand it by being it or by saying it's the same but just listens and understands i can't understand it and that's it and if you don't know that's okay like it's okay not to know but be open to learn and be open to learn by creating your own blueprint versus trying to take my blueprint to learn because my blueprint is for me and for those who have similar experiences or within the race. You know what I mean? Like you have to come up with your own blueprint. I can't give you what I'm doing because Mm -hmm. my lived experiences personally and professionally are so much different. And I haven't had the privilege Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not have to have a blueprint. Mm -hmm. And a plan. So, Man, oh, another episode, Jess, blueprints, yeah. blueprints. I mean, what would you say? Yeah, it's so funny. I was about to ask you, like, what would you say needs to look different? And what should people be doing different to treat Black women different in the workplace? And I stopped myself from asking that because I don't want to give people a frame or a tool. No. I don't, oh, don't want to give them one answer because like, there's not one answer. It's just like, listen. Yeah. Listen. And to, I'm- listen, respect. Yeah. 
and understand that there's no one size fits all. Okay. Not everybody mm-hmm. wears size six. It's people out there that wear size 13s, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you just have to really be understanding of that and figure that out. That's for the individuals to figure out. That's for leadership to figure out. That's for these companies to figure that out. Agreed. It's not for us, but yet we get not for burden. Us. We keep getting burdened with being the ones to help them figure it out. Topic well, for another time. <laughs> it is. And guess what? They're going to have to get into it and lean into it because you're going to continue to hear this outspoken voice of mine. Oh, mine too. But you're going to pay me for it. Yeah. Most of that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Enjoy your Friday. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on The Black Compass. Make sure to visit our websites at drjesswilliams.com and dynastyhunt.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'll appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you'll simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. And remember, the world shouldn't define where you go. Your internal black coffee should.